Coleman, what's going on, man? How are you today? Uh, I'm I'm pretty good. Still a little sleepy uh, from the weekend, resting up, but uh, pretty good, man. How are you today? You know, I'm not too bad. I'm sleepy too. Um, I didn't get a lot of sleep yesterday. Um, had to take my car to Firestone. Nice. Yeah. So I was up earlier than normal, and then stuff came over. Uh, so I'm a little bit sleepier than normal today, but nothing out of the ordinary. Have a Red Bull open. Red Bull sponsor us. Um, haven't, <laughs> haven't started drinking it yet, but, uh, you know, we're getting there. We tried to get Red Bull to sponsor the show. We've tried to get a lot of different people to sponsor the show. I, I legitimately, I sent them an email and I was like, Hey, would you guys want to like sponsor the show? Like, you know, just send us like a hundred cases. <laughs> I wouldn't even ask that. Just be like, hey, like, can we just claim that like Red Bull's a sponsor of the show and like you guys send us like a case a month or something like that? Like nothing, merch. Yeah, like nothing crazy. Send me merch. They're like, oh, no, sorry, we do our own stunts. I'm like, this is a podcast. <laughs> There's stunts to be done. That's funny. They're like, we film our own content. I'm like, okay. Okay, well, we don't film anything. We just record it. Right. Bitch. Well, maybe don't call him a bitch, but. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a little angry. I haven't had my caffeine because I haven't finished my fucking Red Bull yet. Yeah. I guess I'll start now. Yeah. Why don't you tear into that thing a little bit? There you go. That was good said. I like that. Thank you. Uh, but yeah. No, it's, uh, it's a good day. Like I said, still a little sleepy from the weekend. Uh, long weekend. Moving everything. Got it all done. Got yeah. everything moved into the, to the new apartment. You know what? Congratulations. Thank you. You and Sarah. Permanent sleepovers now. Permanent sleepovers now. Uh, it's been cool the past two days. Get to do another one today. Uh, and then awesome. Guess, and then guess what? Tomorrow, same thing. Same thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was cool. Um, we were both kind of laying in bed Sunday night. Like, wow, this is uh, this is life now. This is life, right? Yeah, yeah. I texted her like, um, her boss is not a great person. I think I've been a part of conversations with this, so I kind of haven't. I kind of have some insight of yeah. What her, it's like. her boss is uh, is not uh, not great. I'm gonna keep it. Uh, I'm gonna keep it clean just in case on the odd chance somebody sure. somebody knows. Uh, but not a great person. Uh, tends to stress her out to the point of uh, like she just is like, well, I just want to go home. Like stress, anxiety, like yeah doesn't want to deal with it i'm like well that's always good and i was like well you can talk about it later when we get home and she's like wow what a sentence there you go i was like how cool is that yeah we, we get to say that now right on for that i have no idea what's for dinner i'm assuming i'm i'm gonna go home and, and cook dinner there you go i like cooking though yeah i'm not luckily luckily steph loves cooking somebody's gotta cook yeah steph loves cooking she's a fucking bang up cook too what is this? Oh God! Is it, a, is it a Lamar Jackson contract? No, it's Jim Irsay. Even worse. Oh Lord! We said as an organization, in parentheses, Colts. Who else would you be talking about? The coaching search would be an open-minded and a thorough process, and the final decision would be strictly based on what is best for our franchise's success and for our fans of Colts Nation. Final decision coming in days, not hours. Why are you taking so long just to name Jeff Saturday or head coach? 
Right. At this point, like... At this point, it's it's going to be just Saturday. It's got to be. They're just trying to prepare for the media media storm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be one coming. Like, you can't, you can't really mess this up this badly. Yeah, I mean, you can clearly. They're going to do it. They will. But like, how do you, how do you as an organization think to yourself, you know what? Jeff Saturday gives us the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Not Eric Bieniemy, not Shane Steichen, 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 however you pronounce it, is. from the Eagles, their offensive coordinator, who came from Los Angeles, who coached Justin Herbert his rookie season, which was Justin Herbert's best season. Statistically. Yeah. Statistically his best season. Comes to the Eagles. They're playing in the Super Bowl. Like, you have... Uh, Lou Anaroma or Harvey Anaroma or whatever it is. Something like from that. From the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, he's in contention for the uh, Cardinals head coaching job. Yep. But you still think to yourself, like, hey, this dude this dude had a really good defense in Cincinnati with a bunch of, like, no-name players. Like, the only reason that they had a named player was Eli Apple, and that's because he was a menace. Yeah. I mean, kind of a bunch of no-name players that he had them playing like dogs out there. You think to yourself, you know what, Jeff Saturday, best candidate. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know the logic behind it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, if they were, to, if they do decide to go with Jeff Saturday, which science point that they will, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of amusing to see what they're gonna do. Like they, they legitimately they have a chance to win the division there. That that might be the most up for grabs division in all of football. Yeah, I don't really, I don't necessarily think it's like a bad division. I just think it's up for grabs. Because I mean, the Jags are a pretty good team. The Titans are well coached. The Texans are not going to be as bad as they were this year. I don't think they can be. They, yeah, they really can. And I mean, the Colts they're not going to be as bad as they were this past year either. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was dealing with a bunch of injuries. They had quarterbacks in and out the door. Yeah, they're actually going to have a solid, cons- or not maybe not a solid, but a consistent quarterback play this year. But like my thing, like, it may be consistently mediocre, but they'll have consistent quarterback play because they'll end up starting whoever they end up drafting in the first round. Well, like my thing is, is like you, it, like you just you look at everything. You see, like I said, you see Eric Bieniemy, who I read is kind of he's only accepting head coaching offers. Yeah. Um. So I think that kind of pulls him out of the running for Ravens offensive coordinator, which right. I'm a little bummed about. So am I. But the thing, so the thing is, is he splits play calling uh, with Andy Reid. Yeah, he would be the full time play caller with the Baltimore Ravens. Right. So it does make a difference. Um, it is a little bit of a promotion, maybe not a huge one. Like you're still an OC, but you're just a full time play full-time, caller. Yeah. But how do you look at Eric Bieniemy and Shane Steichen and think to yourself, they have a lot of success with young, talented quarterbacks. We're about to go draft a young, talented quarterback. And still think to yourself, it's Jeff Saturday. Like, that's our guy. So this is as of a day ago. So these are the seven candidates that still remain in contention to get the, uh, the coach job. It's Shane Steichen, the OC from the Eagles. 
Raheem Morris, the DC from the Rams. Uh, Brian Callahan, the Bengals OC. Uh, Wink, Wink Martindale. Okay. The Giants DC. Aaron Glenn, the Lions DC. Uh, Rick Basaccia, the special team coordinator for the uh, Packers. And uh, Jeff Saturday. So they don't even have Biennemi on the list. No. Wow. Yeah, Eric Biennemi is not a candidate for the Colts. Wow. Well, I'm sorry we have any uh, Colts fans that listen to the show, but um, it's going to be a it's probably going to be a rough season next year. I would say like I would say three of those candidates are really good candidates. I think Rick Passage is a good candidate. I think Raheem Morris is a good candidate, and I think Shane Steichen would be a good candidate for the job. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to say the uh, Bengals offensive coordinator. Oh, of course. Because the Bengals have been explosive offensively. But it's easy to be explosive offensively when you have Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Yeah, and I mean, I don't really think that the Bengals offensive coordinator is what's making them dynamic. I think it's more a product of what the personnel can do, not necessarily what the coaching staff is doing. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. They have, like, six base, like, plays that they they come out of, and then they adjust the route combinations from there. So it's not like a super complex offense that Uh he runs there. But with uh, Shane Steichen, like, that, that Philly offense, the way they run the ball is phenomenal. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely a top five running team in the NFL. I'd probably go as far as say top three. Um, the way they do it with consistency, I'd say they were, they're ahead of the, um, ahead of Atlanta. I'd say rushing offenses this year. Top three were Philly Niners and Ravens. Right. Those are my top three as well. But I, I mean, I mean, the the Ravens have done it for four years now. At this point, it's the best rushing team in the NFL. So, the, so they're the best running team in the NFL. Just because they, they weren't number one this year doesn't mean they're not the best one. Um, at least that's my that's my take on it. But uh, but yeah, I think those they are definitely a a great rushing offense. Having somebody like Jonathan Taylor there, and they also have Zach Moss, who they yeah. got in the trade for uh, Naeem Hines. So that's, that can be a pretty good one-two punch. Zach Moss is a guy who didn't really get a whole lot of opportunity when he was in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And um, hiring a guy who hiring an OC whose team is a little bit more run-centric with two pretty good running backs would end up being a pretty good move, I think. Especially given how that offensive line is. Yeah, they crashed hard this past season. But you know, if they do a little bit of retooling, they can get back to a good point to being that dominant Colts offensive line that it has been for the past three years, minus this past one. Obviously, first round, they're going to go quarterback, but second round, there's going to be going to be a lot of guys available as far as tackles, guards. I don't know if there's going to be a center that high. There might be. Somebody might reach. Um, but a lot of good tackles, a lot of good tackles, uh, guards and tackles. I almost said tackles twice. I think a lot of good tackles and uh, tackles. <laughs> A lot of good tackles and a lot of good tackles. Um, a lot of good guards and tackles um, are going to be available in the second round. So the Colts are the Colts are a real interesting place to get a job at because the defense is still pretty good, but the offense is the one that's lacking. Yeah, I mean you, they're really just hoping that Michael Pittman Jr. just keeps excelling as wide receiver one. But then who else do you really have outside of that? Alec Pierce. 
Um, or I mean, he emerged as a good option, but he's not. I don't think he's going to be like a world beater of a guy. Paris Campbell. Again, you know, I mean, if, if the Ravens had a receiving core of Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, and Paris and Paris Johnson Jr., Paris Johnson, Paris Campbell. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm so stuck on the NFL draft. Then I think they would end up doing pretty well, but um. You know, those are no guys to slouch out of you, in, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the Colts definitely need to build up that uh, that wide receiver room a little bit more, just a little more top end talent. Uh, offensive lines gotta gotta come together a little bit. They still have um, what's his name? The guard. I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson, that guy. Yeah, he's a dog. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, with someone like Shane Steichen, they they would be able to. Run the ball really well with with Jonathan Taylor, um, and I think he would be able to utilize the uh, the skills of whatever young quarterback they're able to get in the draft, whether it is C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, or Bryce Young, depending on whether they move up or if they stay home at four. Four. The consensus is that they're going to move up. That's what that's what the majority of people around the NFL are thinking. Um. That's what I think personally. They're gonna move up to go get the quarterback, just because I think they're gonna. I think they know, like, hey, look, this is the guy that we like. This is the guy who we want to go get. Let's go ahead and get him. Well, the problem with that is, I think you would have to give up your uh, second round pick to move up. Because um, I've heard that the Bears are shopping that pick. Oh, they'd be dumb not to. Like they've they've gotten they've gotten a, a call from from a few different teams. So they're shopping that pick out. Who knows um, who's actually going to move up to one to try to get whatever quarterback they want and then walk away ecstatic. They're like, all right, we got our guy. We don't care. Is what it you is. Know, not, even re- not even really just from a quarterback perspective, but I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be like pass rush needy. Somebody could go up to try, and get a, to try and get a pass rush. Will Anderson could be the first name off the board for a team that doesn't necessarily need quarterback play, but they do need pass rush. That could be an option for somebody heading into the draft. Could be. I don't think. It, I think the more likely option is that somebody goes up for a quarterback. But um, I think the number one pick will be moved. It's just a matter of for who. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. It all depends on who moves up to one. Right. right. Like with Tom Brady retiring, do the Bucks move up? Do the Colts move up three picks to just make sure we're like, hey. This way we get our guy. We don't have to worry about we're dealing with the scraps of whatever's left right? or somebody else jumping us. Right, because, yeah, there there may only be three picks ahead of them, so you may be thinking, okay, well, why don't you just sit sit where you're at and take what you can get? But when you have teams like the Raiders, who are going to be looking for a quarterback, the Panthers, who are going to be looking for a quarterback, the Texans, who are going to be looking for a quarterback, Falcons, the Falcons, who may be looking for a quarterback, the Seahawks, who might be, the Titans who might be, the Jets who might be, the Packers who might be, the Commanders who might be. There are so many teams that could, even the Buccaneers, to your credit, there's so many teams on the back end behind you that could say, okay, you know what? Even the fucking Saints. There are so, there are so many teams that could say, all right, you know what? Let's make this move. I have enough faith in this guy to, to go up and you know, mortgage the mortgage the house in order to get this young quarterback. Um, 
So the, the Colts will not risk it. I, I think the Colts are probably the most likely option to move up. From one to four, it's not too far of a drop for Chicago. They can still get top-end talent, which they, which that roster desperately needs. Um, well, they just need talent, period. Not even top-end talent. Well, top-end talent helps. helps. Well, yeah. Yeah. But go, going up and getting talent uh, for the Bears, it's definitely definitely a need. Um, I mean, looking at mock drafts right now that are being done on CBS Sports, um, three of the four have the Colts moving to number one. And the only one that doesn't have that has them moving to number two. Why two? Uh, Houston trades with Chicago and the Colts traded with Chicago. Yeah, well, good on Chicago at that point. Yeah, so Chicago ends up picking up. Oh, it doesn't say. While we're talking about um, quarterbacks on the move and, and, you know, being drafted and everything. If you were, <clears throat> if you were another team mm. and you're looking at the Las Vegas Raiders, mm. Derek Carr, they've, are, they've openly said they're shopping him out. Um, he has a no trade clause. I think his cap hit is somewhere around it's high. It's really high. Forty four million. So he's in the upper echelon of uh cap hits, but he's not the highest. I think he's around forty four million, if I'm not mistaken. If they if he's on roster February fifteenth, it becomes fully guaranteed. It's like the, yeah, it's like a couple days after the Super Bowl. If you're another team, thirty-four, thirty-four. Okay, so much less than I thought, ten million less. Um, are you trying to trade for Derek Carr, or just hoping that he's cut and then you get into a bidding war with somebody? Again, you know, it it, it really depends on your whole mindset, right? Right, like you could be like, I don't want to give up anything, but I might have to pay a little bit more for Derek Carr. Or I could send, legitimately at this point, if you're Las Vegas, you're happy to walk away with a second round pick for Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr is definitely not going to be worth a first round pick. Um, Just because his contract is so high, he may not even be worth a second. Well, I'm saying like, that's probably yeah. That's probably his ceiling. Yeah, I yeah ceiling ceiling for sure. Like if somebody says, "All right, I'll give you a second round pick for Derek Carr." That's it. Like if you're the Jets and you're looking at it, you need a quarterback. You could give up the fucking farm for Aaron Rodgers, right? Which Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Let's not get that twisted. You could give up the farm for Aaron Rodgers or a second round pick. For Derek Carr. Derek Carr's still much better than Mike White or Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Are you doing it? You giving up a second round pick? <sighs> or are you thinking to yourself, like, let's just wait and get into a pissing war with somebody? That's a, it's, it's, it's a really good question because... Obviously, if you think to yourself, okay, Derek Carr is literally our missing piece. Give up, give up a pick. That's fine. No problem. Good on you. 
But now you have to take on that cap hit of $34 million this year, 43 next year, 43 the following year. So, I mean, there's, like, there's so much cap that you're going to have to take on to your team. The Jets would be a really good one because they are so young. But then again, if Derek Carr's outright cut, which, is, again, is very possible, right now the dead cap for Derek Carr, if he is cut, this, this isn't post-whatever, post dead cap on Derek Carr, if he is cut, is $5.6 million for the Raiders. That's it. Only five point six million. So it doesn't hurt them if they do cut him. It doesn't it does not hurt them significantly if they do decide to cut him, no. So if they are unable to find a dance partner with him or for him, it is possible he could he could be cut. I think the mark I think it's gonna be very similar to how Jimmy Garoppolo was, because of course Jimmy Garoppolo last offseason was last offseason was rumored to be on the move as well. And everybody was saying, okay, well, this person went here, this person went here, this person went here. Okay, now we got to watch to see where Jimmy Garoppolo goes and when he gets traded. But he never did. Yeah, stayed home. The problem was the contract. Nobody wanted to take on that deal not knowing what they were going to get out of him. Well, he was coming off uh, shoulder surgery on his non-throwing arm. Right. So the surgery plus the salary. And Jimmy Garoppolo was a little... He's more injury-riddled than... Derek he Carr is. is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Just based on his tracker track record, he's gotten hurt more often than Derek Carr has. Um, I think whoever ends up getting Derek Carr, I don't think it is going to come via trade. I think it would come an offseason signing because you'll get him cheaper than you can get him for now. Can can the Raiders even like agree in principle like to a trade? Because technically, this season is still going on. So I don't know if they can have those conversations yet. They can have those conversations, but nothing's going to be official until the first day of free agency. That's the first day of the new league year. Right. So then, like, I don't understand. I feel like they're just going to, like, they're just going to cut him. Like, they're still going to have to take on that salary. Like, they're still guaranteed money if he's traded post-whatever day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't, it's you know that that's a really good question. You caught me off guard with that one. Yeah, I kind of just like threw it <laughs> out there. That was on me. Sorry. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't envision anybody. I really don't envision anybody trading for him. Okay. I really don't. Um, Because if he's cut pre-June 1, that's a $5.6 million dead cap hit, but $29 million in savings. Mm. That helps. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, so, I, mean I do think he is cut... Um. Yeah, I don't know, cause, cause of course, there are many teams who would use his services. We've already, I mean, we've already highlighted the majority of teams who would u- who would use Derek Carr's services. But it's a matter of. So let's look at some of these teams, right? Okay. Uh, I all I want. Well, to hell with you then. 
Let me see here. Cap tracker. So what? I said it's about $34 million in, in cap space that you would need to have in order to take him on, right? Uh, yeah, it's 34.875. Okay, so I can tell you right now, there are six teams in the NFL that can take on Derek Carr's contract. The Bears, the Falcons, the Giants, the Patriots, the Texans, and the Bengals can all take on this contract. They all have enough cap space in order to bring him in. The Bengals should take him. Bold move, Cotton. They should. Why not? You got to have a good backup, right? Well, but- apparently Bengals fans are tired of, the, of Joe Burrow, so. Yeah, that was funny. I loved yeah. hearing that. Yeah. But a team like the Saints who doesn't need a quarterback, they're negative 57 in cap. The Bucks are negative 55. The Titans are negative 23. The, Packer, the Packers are negative 17. Depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers, that'll free something up. Um, Panthers are negative 9. The Jets are negative 3. The Commanders are, have, are 6 in the positive. I mean... The majority of teams who would need someone like that are all negative in cap. So, I mean, I mean, trading for him and then taking on another, like, okay, let's get under the cap by $34 million and then just get right back into fucking cap trouble by bringing in Derek Carr. A trade for Derek Carr doesn't really make sense to me. It just, it just doesn't. Um, I think ultimately what happens is he's just cut. That seems to be the... The way it's leaning for me as well. Yeah, because right now, so if Derek Carr was cut, he would count for $5 million toward the cap. Stuff so would bring it down to, re- really, he would save the the Raiders about $24 million. All right. It gets him, it, his, like, his cap saving is 29 minus five of the high, of, of dead cap. Plus the 17 they already have sitting there, that puts them in the top five of teams that can spend this offseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems it seems like being cut is probably going to be what uh, what happens. Because he has a no-trade clause, too, so he could... He does. So, I mean, of course, the Raiders can negotiate deals and be like, look, we have this team, this team, and this team calling. Wherever you want to go, you can pick one of these three teams if you want to. And we'll... We'll start writing the statement. Right. So, but again, he does have the no trade clause. He can decide to say, fuck that. I ain't going to, the, I ain't going to these teams. I ain't going to go play for those shit birds. Right. So. I don't blame him. The, the, Derek, Carr, the Derek Carr thing will be very, very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I would say he's probably the biggest name that's still under contract besides Aaron Rodgers as far as what's going to happen is. His um, as far as where he's ended up playing, yeah. Well, there's one guy that is probably the biggest. He is the biggest potential free agent. That's Lamar Jackson. And there was a report that came out that said, um, it is believed that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are around a hundred million dollars off. Mm-hmm. And I saw that, and I was like, dude, there's no way. A hundred million dollars? That's two years worth of salary. You're yeah. telling me they're they're that far off? Yeah, that's um I saw that too. I thought that was very I thought that was 
pretty crazy. Um, Ravens fans don't buy into something like that. That was reported by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. I didn't even see that. I saw that it was like I didn't even see what I didn't see where Jeremy Fowler said that. Yeah, I uh, didn't see a tweet. I never saw like a clip of him talking about it. Anything like that. It was that Dove Clemen Cleoman guy, whatever it is, on Twitter. Yeah. He tweeted via Jeremy Fowler, ESPN. I looked for it. I didn't see Jeremy Fowler say any freaking thing about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens being a hundred million dollars off. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know where that, where that information came from. Um, but I'll put it to, I'll put it to everybody like this. Holman and I had a conversation about this earlier today. Um, the Ravens had a deal in place to trade Hollywood Brown around February of last year. No one heard of it until the draft. And it caught everybody. It caught everybody off guard. But they even said, they're like, look, we had this deal planned. We kept it under wraps. We told Arizona, if it leaks, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. So the point behind this is, if the the, the Ravens are not going to do anything to leak this contract. Yeah, because with that trade with Hollywood Brown, Hollywood and his agent knew. Right. The Ravens front office knew. The Cardinals front office knew. And Lamar was probably told shortly before it happened. And Lamar knew, pro- yeah, probably not too long before it happened. If not, I mean, him and Hollywood had a really good friendship, so Hollywood may have may have said something. I don't know, but um, it didn't get out to the public. Until after the Ravens made their first pick. Until it had to. Right. So, I mean, I mean, the thought behind, oh, well, these numbers are getting leaked. I don't, I don't, I don't buy into one bit because this is, this is kind of the good thing about having, having a player that self-represents himself. He's not going to leak the details of his own contract. Does him no good. It, it does him absolutely zero good. Now, if you have an agent, that agent's assistant could be sitting in on the contract, on the talks and be like. We'll give you we'll give you this if you tell us what's going on, and then everything and then everything is leaked, and then you're and then everybody's fucked. Well, like my thing, all the contract uh, stuff that happened last season, even that got misconstrued in the sports media. Like right. everybody else is like, oh, one hundred thirty three million dollars guaranteed, and they're like, no, it was more than that. Right? And they're like, no, it's this, and it's like, no, that's not what the contract was. Like you guys can't even get it right. Right. So to be a, a quote unquote almost a hundred million dollars off, like around a hundred million dollars off, that's a lot of money. And to be a hundred million dollars off, both sides are fucking around. And I think that's where all of this comes into play at because I think the reported deal that was initially offered was I think in the neighborhood of two hundred and thirty million dollars. I want to say I very well could be wrong. I don't even know what it is anymore because it's been so misconstrued and bent around and numbers mis you know misplaced and everything like that. Right, and of course it all came out. And of course, what came out I believe was one hundred thirty three fully guaranteed. I think that was the number. So I mean, if you do the math, that's a hundred million dollars. That's not fully guaranteed. Right, which could be taken as they're a hundred million dollars off. I mean, you know, the fact that Lamar Jackson continues to make posts on his social media about being in a Ravens uniform 
um, all the all these different play, different players are doing interviews saying that they want Lamar back. They enjoy having Lamar Jackson as a teammate. People going to bat for him saying that his injury was a lot more significant than what people think, and that he wasn't just sitting out to sit out. You know, it it definitely speaks volumes. They're like the Ravens are doing everything that they can in order to make sure this deal gets done. The players are still welcoming him with open arms. He's done nothing to the players for them to not do that. But right. of, of course, the the players are still staying in his corner, saying, "Hey, look, we know this is still your team. Just come on back and show everybody else that it is too." Right. Baltimore and Jackson could possibly be a hundred million apart. There, a huge gap to bridge. Fowler wrote. The trade calls are coming. I don't get the sense that the process has heated up, in part because teams are assuming Jackson will be tagged. It's still very early, this one. The Ravens offered Jackson a five-year, $250 million contract extension, however, with only $133 million guaranteed. That doesn't seem right. That's what was reported in this, was $133 million guaranteed. Like, something about that doesn't seem right. Because wasn't it... Wasn't it more before? No, I think it was 133. Of fully guaranteed? I think that's the number that sticks with me. Because they, all they reported was, the Ravens offered Lamar Jackson a contract of $133 million guaranteed. And that was it. People were like, oh, they low-balled the hell out of him. Yes. Well... Yeah, this... Okay, this was... You uh, missed from- half the contract. Yeah, five years, two fifty, which with one hundred and thirty three million dollars guaranteed at signing. Yeah, um, the extension, which ran through twenty twenty seven season, would have increased the total value of Jackson's deal to just under two hundred and seventy four million dollars over six years. Damn, <laughs> that's some good money there. That is some good money there. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, you and I have gone back and forth on. You know what? What should happen? What would we like to see happen, as far as the contract goes? Um, you know, I mean, when the report reports come out and people are like, "Oh, he's done to not take that money," but then again, you know, he's a guy who knows his worth. He knows what he wants to be paid. Why? Sh- and and he and he deserves to be paid. It. He's done everything except what won a Super Bowl. You know, there are guys who are less accomplished than he is. You know, what has Josh Allen done in order to get his deal? That's fair. Yeah, Josh Allen may have had has had some a lot of success here recently, but then again, if you look if you look at total accolades and what's been accomplished in the career, you know Lamar Jackson's been significantly more successful than Josh Allen has. Kyler Murray hasn't been significantly less successful. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, what what have either of those guys done in order to in order to deserve their deals? I mean, they're NFL quarterbacks. They're very good at what they do. But then again, if you look at it from apples to apples, their stats compared to what Lamar Jackson does. I mean, Kyler Murray is widely regarded as the closest thing to Lamar Jackson in the league, just because of how, of how uh, elusive, how elusive in his running abilities. Well, Ziggy's not happy with whatever's going on. Yeah, down there. I don't know what's going on. Um, based on all that. You know, people say that Kyler Murray is the closest thing to Lamar Jackson, and he hasn't done, he doesn't hold a candle to what Lamar can do. Yeah. So, like, when they say $100 million off, it has to be in the guaranteed money. Has to be. Like, there's no way they're looking at $100 million of, like, annual salary. No. It has to be in the guaranteed money. So, if that's the case, like, if they really are looking at that, like, five years, 250 
and they're around $100 million off, then Lamar Jackson definitely wants upwards of $200 million fully guaranteed. Which I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame him at all. I think he deserves it. I mean, I've uh, I've been I've been advocating for Lamar Jackson's contract for quite some time now. And I mean, it's it, it it's gonna happen. Like like like, there's no there's no question about it. It's definitely going to happen. Um, excuse me. It um, bless you. Thank you. It um, I mean, I don't really read into the whole a hundred million dollars off thing. I think that's a little I think that's a little too far out there in my opinion. I wouldn't I wouldn't really read too much into that in all honesty. I mean just pay the guy 5 years 260 million dollars. Right. Give him give him 220 million of it fully guaranteed. Call it a day. And and give him that give him give him that 130 at signing. Right. Just, just, As a bonus. As a signing bonus. Yeah, the signing bonus. $130 million signing bonus. Yeah, just yeah. do that. Give, give them that 130 at signing. The other $100 million are... Uh, and a guaranteed salary. And a guaranteed salary. Doesn't have to be a fully guaranteed deal, but just get it close. Right. I feel, I feel like if, the, if you're Lamar Jackson, you're looking at it, like you could take that. You can live with that. You would like to. You would like to think. Of course, of course, Lamar Jackson does have his own agenda. He does have his own. He does have his own sh- shit that he's working towards. Which For I sure. get. I, which I get that. Like, I'm not trying to say. Like I'm not trying to sit here and say that Lamar Jackson should take this deal because it makes the most sense for everybody. It's not about what makes most sense for everybody. Ultimately, ultimately, it is a compromise. It's, well, that's negotiations. It, it, there's compromise on both ends. It has right, to happen. Right. There's there's compromise on both ends, but. You know, Lamar thinks that he deserves to be one of the highest paid players in the NFL. I completely agree. I complete I completely agree there. He want he wants to he wants to be the one of the highest paid players. I think he will be one of the highest paid players. Well, I want to be one of the highest paid players too. Well, I think I think everybody does, but of course you and I haven't really done a whole lot in order to deserve that. I want a hundred million dollars. Well, so do I. I try to play the lottery, I still don't win. <sighs> I don't know what to tell you about that one, Chief. I don't know what to tell myself. I am about to ca- I am about to hit on a uh, sports bet, though. Are you? I am. Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. What, are you going to win, like 20 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you get your sound on over there? We... I don't know. Sorry. You should be. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to have it uh, to have it on. But what I will say, is, as far as the Ravens and Lamar Jackson goes, I think that I don't think a reasonable timeline for this deal is going to be before the draft. Mm-hmm. I think a more reasonable timeline is going to be sometime before the um, the signing of the franchise tags. Well, yeah, so they technically can't do anything right now, can they? Well, I guess they could get an extension done. Mm-hmm. They have, like, four days to do it. Yeah. Um. So there's, I don't know that there's a ton of rush on that. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, they technically can't agree to a deal until they franchise tag him. Right. No, they can. The just the just a there's a deadline that the franchise tag has to be signed. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not sure about how all that works. I'm not in the front neither, office. Neither am I. I don't really know how how all that works. Because um, I know there's like there's like a dead period where they're not really allowed to like talk to people. Like teams can't talk to each other and all that shit. Like there's all that weird stuff. 
I think negotiations with their own players, their own assets. I think that's a little bit different, but I could be wrong. Yeah, once again, the NFL is a weird place. Yeah, the, yeah, it's it's um it's very interesting. Um, but we'll move on from that because we could talk about the Ravens all day long, and that's not what people come to listen to. Uh, they don't come to just listen about the Ravens. Although well, that would be cool if they did. Well, the majority of the people that listen to this are Ravens fans. That's fair. Um, so Steve Wilkes, uh, he was the interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He uh, is stepping away from them, and it will be the new 49ers defensive coordinator. Yeah, he got uh, he got clearance to have his to be released from the Carolina Panthers because he was still under contract with them, and now he will be going over, like Holman said, to San Francisco to take over the job that uh, Namika Ryan's is leaving behind. Um, I want to say Steve Wilkes was the DC of um of Carolina this past season, so going from a team that's was kind of, I mean, it had it had a lot of a lot of talent on that Carolina defense, but it was kind of middle of the road. Um, going to quote unquote what a lot of people think is the top defense in the NFL. Um, definitely a step in the right direction for Steve Wilkes, a dude who I think deserved to be a deserve to be a head coach in the NFL, and now hopefully being the being the front man of that def- of that defensive unit for the 49ers maybe that'll give him an opportunity to be a head coach well i mean the 49ers two past defensive coordinators robert Sala and now D'Amico ryans have both moved on to being a head coach so hopefully for steve wilkes this is a step in the right direction for him yep um there was another guy that got hired uh defensive coordinator brian flores is the new defensive coordinator of the minnesota vikings uh, this one kind of caught me off guard yeah because there was a lot of talks about him. Um, he still had a head coaching opportunity for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. He withdrew himself from that conversation. Um, Sean Payton, they inter- I think they interviewed him for defensive coordinator of the Broncos as well. Yep. Uh, which was kind of crazy, given everything that happened in the past with them. Yeah. For sure. That was a bold strategy. Um, he eventually, he took over as the new defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's a good hire for him. Uh, Brian Flores was is a very smart, defensive-minded uh, coach. They need all the help that they can get on defense over there in Minnesota. Yeah, the the defense has a, it has a lot of, um, it has a lot of talent issues, and it also does have a lot of coaching issues as well. It was probably one of the worst coached, worst coached units in the NFL. Um, so getting a guy like Brian Flores who was ultimately let go from Miami because he didn't want to lose. Crazy. Say what you want about Brian Flores. A lot of people don't like what he did outing so many owners in the NFL. Um, a lot of people weren't a huge fan of that. But one thing you can say about him is that he is he's a great defensive mind. Um, he shows up, makes sure his team is ready to win each and every Sunday. Um I mean, he's 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 definitely he's definitely I think the right man for the Minnesota job, you know, a young head coach there who has a lot of offensive experience. Giving the reins to Brian Flores, who was the defensive coordinator in New England. Yeah. When they were winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and and going to every fucking Super Bowl that it feels like for the last twenty years. Now having a. Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator, a guy who was a head coach, a dude who has the experience. He can, I mean, uh, what's his name? What is the name of the head coach there? 
uh, Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell can kind of lean on Brian Flores for a little bit of maybe a little bit of guidance as well. A, a guy who has the experience, like I said, of head coach, um, being there can you know pick his brain a little bit, see what he would do in this in this scenario. Um, you know, ultimately, I think it's a very good move by the by the Minnesota Vikings for sure. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's a great hire for them. Um, probably the best uh, the best hiring of a defensive coordinator yet this this time around. I would say for sure. Yeah, I mean, I like the Steve Wilkes hire for Forty ers I do like that as well. But bringing in someone like Brian Flores, previous head coach, um, that whole jazz, I really like that for them. I'll be honest, my favorite offensive coordinator hiring so far is the Chargers bringing in Kellen Moore. One thing that I will say before I do I do go on at that point, um, hiring Steve Wilkes to take over the uh, San Francisco defense, that's kind of like hiring Steve Kerr to coach the Warriors. That was already a championship-worthy team. All they needed to do was just get another guy in there. Yep. Like, that defense is fucking loaded. They're going to be loaded. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you really just need somebody to, like, babysit them while they go out and just terrorize teams every Sunday. Um, on the offensive coordinator thing, yeah, I was I was a very big fan of the Kellen of the Kellen Moore, I almost said Kellen Mond, Kellen Moore, uh, signing as OC. Um, I have to think about which one is has been my favorite so far. Um, the Bill O'Brien in in New England makes sense too. Makes, I, I, that I, one I, makes I do a like lot that of one. Sense, yeah. I mean, Alabama did have their struggles this past season, but I think that was more so due to a fact that they didn't have the skill position players that they had in years past. I mean, outside of Jameer Gibbs, their number one target was Jermaine Burton, who I think is, I want to say, a late round pick if he came out this year. I don't even know if I see him on the mock drafts anymore, but I can't take that to heart because Keyshawn yeah. Booty's not even yeah, on the mock drafts. I don't really take that one too seriously. The one that we do has still has Tanner McKee as a top five quarterback, which I think is dead wrong. Yeah, he's um, just tall. And has a big ass neck. Right. He went to Stanford, so he's smart. But that doesn't really make him a great quarterback in the NFL. Look at Davis Mills. Look at Davis Mills, exactly. Um He's a competent backup, but that's all he is. Spot spot start guy, probably too. Spot start, yeah. Competent backup, spot start. Um but yeah, the whole Kellen Moro si- uh signing, I was a very big fan of that. I mean say what you say what you want about the Dallas about the Dallas offense. You know, Dak Prescott's holding them back, Ezekiel Elliott's holding them back. Um Outside of that one, outside of that disastrous play that he called uh, against the 49ers there at the uh, end of the divisional round, I mean, he's been a pretty good OC since he's been hired. I think he was just trying to like throw something else out there, confuse everybody, and it didn't confuse anyone. It didn't confuse anybody but the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the only person that it confused. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I think the, the only other. Offensive coordinator signing that's came to mind is just Nathaniel Hackett going to the Jets just because of how laughable that one is. That's yeah, that's not just a that's just not a good signing. But maybe that's that's them kind of hoping that they can get Aaron Rodgers there because that was Aaron Rodgers' guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's I mean it's 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 no coincidence that when Nathaniel Hackett got there, Aaron Rodgers started winning MVPs again, and then he left, and then team and then the team sucks. Maybe. You know what? Maybe Nathaniel Hackett. That's all he is as a coordinator, and that's okay. We said we've we've said that before. We've said it before. Maybe that's all he is. Maybe like Nathaniel Hackett as just the offensive coordinator. Maybe he's gonna thrive, and that Jets offense is gonna be freaking stout. Right? Maybe we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I like to, uh, you know, after seeing what happened in Denver, by the 
point of Russell Wilson was good before he got to Denver. Denver's offense was serviceable before Nathaniel Hackett got there. Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson paired up. That offense went to shit. Nathaniel Hackett left, and somehow the offense got better. So there seems to be a common piece as to why things didn't work. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have to see. We'll just have to see what happens in New York. I mean, I still think ultimately that the Russell Wilson experience is going to be a failure there in in Denver. Well, given everything they've had to give up give up for it, yes. Right, right, right. So I think that I think it is going to be a failure. But to your point, um, the offense did get better when hit when Nathaniel Hackett left. I didn't really understand why the Jets brought him on as the OC, given how poorly the offense was last year. Yeah, like like the offense that he coached. Hit. I mean, he's su- supposed to be this offensive guru. Given how it looked, I didn't. It it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But Sean Payton is there now. And Sean Payton is is the new sheriff in town. And he's laying down the law. Yeah, he. Um, I don't know exactly who the individual was that they were referring to, but apparently Russell Wilson had his own personal coach. Oh yeah, Russell Wilson had his own team in the building last season. Had his own office. Had his own team. Like they were on flights with him. Like oh yeah, that. There's been many of reports about that. This was the first time I'd heard about. I'd I'd heard about it. Um. Which is just, it's crazy that one franchise let a individual player have this much control over their entire operation. Like, football is more of a team sport than anything else. Yeah, right? I mean, you're counting on 10 other guys on the field with you to do their job so you can do your job. And then you walk off the field and you hope the next 11 guys on the same team can do their job too. Right. If you look at the game, if you look at basketball, you can score 50 in a game and lead your team to a win. I've seen it done multiple times. Doesn't really phase me anymore. It's impressive, but doesn't phase me. Baseball, you can hit two dingers and a p- and pitcher can fan eleven, and your odds are you're probably going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Hockey, you can score three goals in the game. Other dude doesn't allow a goal. That's okay. You're in good shape. Football, you need to rely on other people in order to get in, in order to get the job done alongside you. Mm-hmm. It's more than just an it's more than just an individual sport. There have been games where individuals have taken over the game and really made it and made the difference to win their team the game. But ultimately, it's more than an individual sport. Unlike the other three that I just mentioned, <clears throat> the fact that you give one guy so much control over what goes on in your day to day, like you give one player his own coaching staff. Yeah, like he brought that, like, in his own his own training staff. Like that sense of entitlement is just wild to me. Yeah, and Sean Payton shut that shit down. He Quickly. said we are not going to do that. Like that's not going to happen anymore. He said, he said that's very. He said that's foreign to me, and that's 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 not something that's going to happen here. And I think uh, the Walmart family is probably all for it. They're like, yeah, all right. That was probably one of the big selling points. Is they were like, he's like, hey, we're going to shut that shit down. They're like, all right, cool. Right. Yeah. He he made it he made it very well known. Like, hey, look, I'm not I I'm not messing around with this. I, I as a head coach, I wouldn't want to either. Like like we're going to do this my way. If you don't want to do it my way, that's fine. But you can you can go play for someone else. Yeah. You, you can go coach another team. We'll we'll trade you. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I do, one thing that I can't appreciate about Sean Payton, I wasn't a very big fan of the hiring, just simply because you have to trade so much capital in order to bring him in. He is a very no nonsense coach. He knows what he 
wants to have going on. He's about his business, and he's going to make sure everything is ran the way that he wants it to be ran. That is one thing that I will say about Sean Payton. Yeah, I'm Sean Payton, and Russell Wilson, you got a problem with it? Do you want to go play for Houston? Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I will. I will make you expendable. I will figure out how to get you down to Houston. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will definitely make you expendable, and I will not think twice about it. No, that's that's the attitude that Sean Payton is kind of is is carrying with this into his job. I think it will be beneficial to him. I don't know how, because the way it sounds, it almost seems like Seattle coddled Russell Wilson the same way. There's a lot of reports from like former players like uh, Richard Sherman and stuff like that that like you couldn't even just like call Russell Wilson. Right. You had to get a hold of his like his second assistant, and the message had to be like transferred in. Right. Which is wild to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I it just threw me off. I like wasn't yeah. expecting it. Yeah, which that that is that is just so absolutely wild to me that you're not even available to even talk to your own teammates. Yeah, you got to get a hold of my second assistant. Right. They'll pass it on to my assistant. They'll pass it to me. And they'll get it to me if it's important enough. But that's, like, I don't, like, I just, I have no clue where this, like, how can he be so entitled? He's unlimited. He's not even that good. He's Mr. Unlimited. He's, he's, he's never been that good. Gotta be unlimited. Dude, for real. Russell Wilson has never even been that good. Every year every year they keep saying, oh, let Russell Wilson just throw the ball. Let him throw the ball. Let him throw the ball. Let him cook. Let Russ cook. This was supposed to, year, supposed to be the year that he did. He looked like that. Uh, you ever seen that video a while back? Uh, that chick was cooking Skittles in a skillet? Yes. Yeah, that was him cooking this year. Russell Wilson looked like a chick with Skittles. In the pan. I've never been a massive fan of him, personally. That's just me. I've, I've never been a massive fan of him. I've always thought he's been... He, he's... He has, like, this... Uh, I'm better than everybody else attitude around him. Nose is a little bit higher. Yeah. Right. He Like, he carries himself like a shit don't stink. He might not. He might not. I don't know. And, it, like, I don't understand why. Because, I mean, like... Brady doesn't carry himself that way often. He can, but he doesn't. Mahomes doesn't really do that. Lamar Jackson doesn't. Josh Allen doesn't. Joe Burrow does. Yeah. But like Joe Burrow and Russell Wilson, they both walk around and their shit don't stink. And I don't know why. Speaking of Tom Brady, he said uh, next season, 2024, he will be uh, starting his broadcasting career. So two seasons now from now, I guess. Yeah. So 2023 season... Greg Olson, you're good. You still got your job. That's trust me. 2023 season, Greg Olson will be the best commentator in football because he's gonna he's gonna be shopping himself out there after that. Well, I want. I don't know what his contract looks like to be uh, to be a broadcaster. Now I want to know. Greg Olson Fox contract. Uh. That seems a little aggressive. Talk to me, Goose. I just said something from the New York Post. Kevin Burkhart hasn't spent 10 fucking seconds thinking about Tom Brady as Booth shake-up looms. 
It's very aggressive. That is aggressive. Um. What? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Why are you feeding me that shenanigans? I don't care about the one-year contract he signed with the Seahawks. Stop with the bit. Jesus. This website has a ton of videos. <laughs> New York Post. Bastards. Um, literally, you can't find it anywhere. All you can find is Tom Brady's. Hmm. Which I believe is actually more money than he made in his playing career. I'm not surprised. But Tom Brady was always the guy. He, he took less to win. Right. It wasn't until it wasn't until he got to Tampa Bay where he actually took a lot of money. He was it was almost like the LeBron James effect. He always he was never the highest paid player on his team until very late in his career just to make sure that his team stayed um relevant and stayed winning. Right. Um, can't find it. Yeah, there's nothing about his contract. Um Oh, as for Olsen, the prevailing wisdom is he may get a raw deal where a long-run contrarian on his point of view. He is 37 and making around $10 million a year. When Brady arrives, Olsen will be slotted down to the number two spot on Fox's depth chart and will make around $3 million a year. That's still a tremendous job. This is all on this report here. But Olsen has his future in his own hands. His contract, according to sources, allows him to leave if there's a number one job around. He could end up being this generation's Chris Collinsworth, having a long, lucrative career, despite not having played quarterback for the Cowboys or in New York. People love an underdog, especially if the person delivers. That's what this uh, report says. Interesting. So, um, this would leave Greg Olson working with Joe Davis on the number two team. If Tom Brady stepped in and took over the number one spot. Yeah, if I'm CB, if I'm NBC, I'm like, I'm convincing Chris Collinsworth to retire and I'm bringing Greg Olson. Dude, if I'm, if I'm any of the other, mar- like any of the other broadcasting systems, I'm like, hey, I, I want, I want him in as number one. Right. Like, it, I don't care who, like, dude, you're telling me Tony Romo or Greg Olson? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we with, talked about it with, like, e- with everything going on with Tony Romo. I mean, I think a lot of people would pick Greg Olson now at this point. Yeah. Greg Olson and Jim Nance. Yeah, that's fire. I'm a part of that. Yeah. I mean, I mean the big thing with Greg Olson is that he just does his homework. Like, he like, comes prepared, knows what he's talking about, knows the subjects, like, sees everything as it, like, sees everything as it goes on. Yeah. And he's a likable guy. Yeah. He's not stuck up, not pretentious. He played tight end in the NFL. Yeah, old third leg Greg. Oh, good lord. What? Shout out to you. Shout out to you. The fifth, was it the fifth floor boys? I think that's the name? Fourth floor boys. Fourth floor boys? Yeah. Is it the fourth floor? I'm looking them up now. I feel like it's not. Uh, or is it the seventh? What do I, is it seventh? Seventh floor crew. Seventh floor crew. Yep, that's what it is. 
musical ensemble. There it is. Miami football rap team. Yes, sir. There it is. Seventh floor crew. Uh, for those of you that uh, have never heard of that, please, please go listen to it. <sighs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a track that the University of Miami football team made in the early 2000s. Um, before they played in the national championship game, I believe. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the lyrics here. It's so am I. Wild. Yeah. God bless. And in the song, uh, Greg Olson. Um, you know, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> I'm just not. We're listening to this off air when we're done. Oh, I've heard it before. I know you have, but we're still listening to it again. Anyway, it's not family friendly. Keep that in mind. Seventh floor crew. Go listen to it. It is very vulgar, um, but it's funny as hell. Greg Olson probably wishes he could take this back. Oh, for sure. I just read his entire verse. It's <laughs> fucking, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. What a gem. What an absolute gem. Well, we got two topics left. They're actually not football for once. They are NBA related. Uh, with the NFL season winding down a little bit, of course, you know, we said we're going to be a primarily football uh, show, which I think will hold true. But a little NBA filler. Yeah, so um, some big news here uh, this past week, really the past weekend, uh, in the NBA, Kyrie Irving was requested a trade or demanded a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, he ended up getting traded to the uh, Dallas Mavericks in a shockingly small return. Yeah, the Mavericks are sending Dorian Finley-Smith, Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, in an unprotected 2029 first round pick and second round picks in 2027 and 2029 to the Nets in exchange for Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. Yeah, so I mean it's it's a real interesting move. I don't know I don't know why they decided to trade him to Dallas. Him next to Luka, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. They both want the ball in their hands. They're both ball dominant guards. I don't really see why they would do that, especially because they were offered Chris Paul. From the Suns? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, I got to pull that one up. Um, I saw that the Lakers um, tried to get Kyrie Irving, but apparently the Nets owner did not want to send Kyrie Irving to the Lakers. Right. Um. Let's see. The rumor was it was Chris Paul. I'm finding it now. Chris Paul and who? Well, I think the Suns aren't out on uh trying to get Kevin Durant. Still. They're not out on Kevin Durant, but I think I don't think they're gonna get Kevin Durant. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie on being traded for Kyrie Irving. We may not be the best trade package, but we're the best looking, and the Nets needed some of that, needed some help in that department. That's funny. 
Kerry Irving also uh, reportedly said that he felt disrespected in Brooklyn at moments. Um, yeah, I can see it. What a wild adventure up there. Um, Phoenix offered a package of Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and a first rounder. Interesting. Um, so the Suns never wanted, the Suns were not willing to give up more than one first round pick. The rumor is that the, that if they would have upped it to three first round picks, um, then they could have gotten it done. I don't know. I think, uh. I think Kyrie and, and uh, LeBron James will pair up eventually again. I think they will, too. Um, I did see that the Lakers are in uh, talks with the Jazz. For with, who? Uh, Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks in return for Mike Conley, Malik Beasley, and some other players. Man. Kind of, uh, Kind of curious to see what goes on there. But yeah, Kyrie traded down to Dallas, makes his debut tonight. Mm. Um, kind of curious to see what happens there, see how well it worked for him. Um, but I think the biggest uh, the biggest topic to talk about, probably in the, in the sports right now, other than the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, LeBron James, I'd even say it's bigger than this. LeBron James is 36 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, 36 points away. Very, very attainable for LeBron to do that tonight. He is averaging 30 points in the season so far. Um, so it's something that is achievable for him to do. At home tonight against the Thunder. Yeah, a team that he beat in the finals to win his first ever championship. Um, I think he I, th- I think he will do it tonight. Um, They're going to let him shoot as much as he wants. Oh, 36 sure. points? Oh, for sure. Come on. Now, one thing that I will say about LeBron is he will play within within the game. He's not going to do anything outside of himself. He's not going to he's not going to try. He's not going to make the night about himself. If he doesn't get it tonight, he's getting it tomorrow night against the Bucks. Yep. So either today or tomorrow, LeBron James will become the all time leading scorer in NBA history. Um, very very high achievement. This will probably be his crowning achievement. Does this make him the greatest player of all time? I th- I think he already was. Uh, I was gonna say like, I, I know like, how you feel. Un- like unquestionable, yes. I think this does make him the greatest player of all time. I th- I don't think there's any denying it at that point. Um, you know what I mean? He's the like greatest player of all time. Like greatest, he scored the most points ever in NBA history at this point. Okay, that's a very very high achievement. He's also fourth in assist. Yeah. What if he wasn't so selfless with the ball? Do you know how quickly he would have beaten this record? I think he's still beating it by like a thousand games. Maybe not a thousand games. That that's a lot. Mm, let's see. A couple hundred. Uh, I, I want to say it's like two hundred. Uh, is that he's beating Kareem's record? BA scoring. A thousand was extreme. I exaggerated a little bit there. Forget me. He's almost beaten it by 150 ga- 50 games. See? 150 games less. 150 games less, 4,000 le- less minutes than Kareem. Efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
of course, if you look the if you look at the modern NBA compared to how Kareem was doing it, you know LeBron is career thirty four percent shooter from three. Kareem went one for eighteen from three. Right. So I mean, you know, it 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 was obviously much. It's obviously much easier for LeBron to get to this point because he was he, he did have the benefit of the three ball. Um, but even so, you know, that is, you know, nothing being taken away from LeBron James here. It's an incredible achievement for him to, to even get this far. I mean, he, everybody always said that he would live in the shadow of Michael Jordan, but you know, he scored more games than he's, I mean, he's, he's played 400 more games than Michael, but then again, you know, he's about to become the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. He's fourth in assist. He is going to be top 10 in rebounds, top 10 in steals, top 15 in blocks if his career projections hold true by the time his career is over. Um, You know, on first take, they were debating whether or not LeBron James is regarded as an all-time scorer in NBA history. I think it's safe to say he is. Yeah, they they debated whether or not he is an all-time scorer in the NBA, Um, which is crazy to think of because, so, career... Career average leaders, Michael Jordan is number one at 30.1 points per game. I want to say it's Wilt was behind him at 30.007. And then it goes Elgin Baylor, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. So it's the top, that's the top five. The three through five is separated by, I want to say, two-tenths of a point. Good Lord, dude. So, I mean, four of those guys are regarded as great scorers in the NBA. Yeah. But LeBron's not. <clears throat> Uh, it's uh, I mean, I mean it's like it. It just makes no sense. He gets a lot of disrespect, man. It's just his life as uh, as I mean, a star he, of the NBA. I mean, he gets no disrespect. He 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 gets no respect. Period. Everybody says that LeBron's not clutch. Since clutch scoring has been has became measured, he scored the most points in clutch time. Had a heck of a yawn there. That's that one's on me. That was a, that was a heck of a yawn there. Ah, I couldn't help it. Once it once it happens, it's over. Like it, that's just what's gonna be. Like the fact that people are not saying that LeBron James is an all time is an all time scorer is crazy. Um, if you debate whether or not he is not the greatest of all time now at this point, I think you're just a little bit closed minded at this point. I mean, you have to just. You you have you have to accept him for what he is now at this point, right? For sure. Like no- nobody's going to do what LeBron James has ever done. No one. No. Let's see. People people will people will always do highlights that are pop- that that might be a little bit more impressive than his are. But then again, nobody's doing it at the age of thirty eight. Nobody's doing it for twenty years in the NBA. Cheapest tickets to tonight's game is $129. That's really not that bad. That's really not. Let's see what it is for tomorrow night's game. This is probably going to be the super expensive one. It's also the Bucks, not the Thunder. Yeah. Yep. $440. That makes sense. Yeah. So, the, so, so people, people are not thinking that LeBron's going to be going to break the record tonight. I think he will. 36 points is not very unrealistic. Um, let me see something here. Let me do a little bit of a deep dive. See if I can figure out something. What are the most expensive? Probably floor seats. Right next to, right, sitting in Jack Nicholson's lap. Oh. Talk to me. But if it would zoom in, that'd be great. All right, so 
Well, don't zoom in that far. Jesus. All I care about is defensive defensive efficiency. Can you just dude, Ticketmaster is being a real make asshole right now. Like for real. Uh floor seats are twenty six thousand dollars. Yeah, that's wrong. That's looking like uh, $26,000. Looks like probably the most expensive. Wait, nope. Those uh, two seats combined together, $100,000 plus fees. Two tickets. Somebody will pay it too. In between the Lakers bench and the scorer's table. Yep, somebody will pay that for sure. In between the visitors bench and the scorers table, right next to the scorers table, um, that is uh, forty five thousand dollars for two seats plus fees. But of course, everybody's going to want the opportunity to smack LeBron on the bum when he walks past. Do you think they actually do? Probably not. Maybe cool. LeBron would probably turn around and punch him. Yeah, that's one guy I would not want to get a hook from. Yeah. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, my guy, that's all I have on the docket for uh, for this Tuesday episode. It's kind of a shorter episode. Yeah, just, uh, just a short one, nothing crazy. Just wanted to get more content out there, let you guys know what we're thinking about right now. Um, I'm thinking about dinner. There you go. I smell dinner. Is it tacos? It smells like tacos. I don't know what it is. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna find out though. I'm coming for you. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, go- I'm going to find out one way or another. <laughs> but uh let's get on out of here. Let's uh let's get some dinner in the tummies cuz apparently we're both super hungry. Yep. You got a nap to take. I do. Um I got a girlfriend to go cuddle, so that's going to be fun. There you go. Um and we'll catch you guys on Friday. Yep. See you guys. Thank you.